walkers. <laughs> Hello, how are, you? how are you doing? Are you heading up? We are. Yeah. Have you been up already? We have, it's lovely. Is it good? It is good. Oh, I hope the rain won't, won't cloud the view now. Yeah. Interesting to see what I'm like today now. I skipped up it last year. Skipped up Crown Hill. Span of land. Expanse of, yeah. yeah, the flat browns of the bog and greens and yeah. fields. And, and, and the, the windmills. And the wind farms. Yeah. Which caused quite a, quite a bit of controversy. But they're turning pretty But they're turning today. well. They're turning well today. Yeah. And uh, is that the old power station? Yes. Yeah. Poor symbol of... Of what was too. And yeah, yeah. Windmills on one side and the old. And, and the old. Yeah. And the, and the new. Turf fired power station. And the other. The uh, transition somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That the ongoing. You know, Bordemona was mm. really everything here. There was money in the economy and all that. Everyone was working, you know. Everyone seemed to be connected to the board. But yeah, I, yeah. I, in some kind of way, you know. Yeah. Step into County Offaly and you step into the heart of Ireland. The flatlands of bog and water, the warmth and welcome of intact community, the splendour of nature wild and reclaimed, an ease of time, a place and people that hold an extraordinary legacy of sacred and industrial sites, foundational history. In a way, the county story starts here. Offaly was King's County, one of the first of the Irish counties carved out of the old Gaelic orders and kingdoms, its neighbour, Queen's County or Leash, a kind of twin in the renaming and colonising stakes. The past is not such a distant country. You're listening to The County Measure. I'm Vincent Woods. We're making a journey around Ireland 100 years after independence and partition to get a measure, to get many measures of all 32 counties. We're looking at place, landscape and the people who shape their lives within these boundaries of community and county. In this series, I'm hoping to get a fresh understanding of each county and its people as we shape a radio atlas of Ireland. So we're just coming up. You can see the top of the uh, kind of little sculpture up here. Or stone, whatever you call it. So it's, it's not quite... to think that we're walking on an extinct volcano. I know. It's surprisingly quick to get up mm. for the view that you get. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, the writer Eugene O'Brien grew up in Eden Derry. His work includes Pure Mule for television and the plays Eden and Heaven. Like Marina Carr, he has tapped into the rich and distinct speech patterns of Offaly and the particular twists of humour and perspective you'll find here. And one place he turns to in work and life is an old sacred site and the highest point in the county, Crohan Hill. Great to get the entire panorama. It's like and it's perfect bowl, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, and it's kind of connected to other other sites. I mean, it was kind of built so that it's in line with Ishnock and it's in line with the ley lines and all yeah. that. And it, it's very... This place is very much, you know, they say the thin veil between mm. here and the other world. And then the stone... I think is nice, you know, it's interesting kind of stuff. It says, Crohan man, permeable peat, his only shroud. And this is a reference to Crohan man, who was a bog body that was found in the area just uh, beneath the hill somewhere. Quite recently, not exactly sure when. Well, you see the bog just down There's below the us. Absolutely. Stretching around. Oh, it's, it's, it's part of a remarkable sacred landscape. Yeah of this county, of Offaly, and it's really, it should be better known. I think so, you know. And celebrated. And celebrated, and 
and be part of that network of kind of sacred places that more celebrated sacred yes. places you know, in other in, 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 the, in the more glamour But even here you think of Clonmac Noise and you think of the better known places yeah, yeah. but Offaly is full of wonders Yeah It's one of the great things about here is that it is it's just been left alone really yes. bar the bit of an old wooden step they put in it's you can just walk up it and experience it it's not interpreted by anything or it's not you know you don't have to read information yeah, you know we, we do our own interpreting you, 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 well absolutely and you connect with it in whatever way yeah. you want to you know and breathe it in have you ever been up here in the rain I have once myself and my my uh, work colleague Declan Rex who's from Clara and we kind of collaborate a lot on, on stuff together. We came here one December to look at it for filming purposes and it absolutely started to piss out of the heavens and it was cold and windy and dreadful and anyway, we just had to... But it, but it was great. And uh, the, the veil I, would have been very thin that day. The veil was very thin. In fact, I wanted to climb under the veil down to the other world yeah, yeah. and be Get very warm, warm with the... Yeah. The Danon or whoever's down there. Yeah, indeed. The two of Eugene, when you first moved to Dublin, I think you found there was a bit of a, oh, I suppose a slightly snobbish attitude towards Offaly. You know, kind of a, well, yeah. yes. People did think you were a bog man and how would you know uh, anything about anything or how would you... How, you've, you, you've heard about Joy Division. How, where would you have heard about them? You've read, you know, William Burroughs. What's that all about? And, you know, so I said, well, I listen to the radio, you know, the same as you do. And, I, you know, so... Uh, I read. I read. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of embraced that then after a while and you were glad that you, at least you had an identity. I kind of learned to really like being a culture and... You know, being a being a biffo and all that. Yes, <laughs> uh, a, lot to, a lot to be proud of. Yes. Yeah, totally. And there's a great sense of humour here, and it's a quieter, drier sense of humour. Uh, and awfully, people don't boast as much. But actually, there's a great heart in the county, and a great, set, really good sense of humour and turn the phrase. And uh, like that's what you use then when I ever I write about the place, which is I've written a lot about the place, but. You don't have to do much, right? I mean, you just keep your ear open. And mm. I thank the place for, you know, all the, all, all <laughs> yeah. the material. Yeah. Uh, Eden and heaven, all Eden, in one. Eden and heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and this is kind of heaven here. The small towns of Offaly retain many fine old shop fronts and lovely buildings that once combined retail and living quarters. The challenge everywhere is to repurpose the old premises, reimagine them in a sense, and make something new that respects and honours the old. Several larger scale projects are happening in different parts of the county. Old convents in Rahan and Ferban being repurposed for community use, while Kilroy's old department store in Tullamore is now the sparkling new Esker Arts Centre. In Dangan, the local community is spearheading the renovation of an historic building at the centre of the town. My name is Mark Feely. I'm the Vice President of the Dangan uh, Town Hall Committee. Uh, I'm a local builder developer uh, in the area. We, we're just starting off, uh, we're just getting some nice skirting down, a nice carpet down and stuff like that to kind of create a bit of an entrance. Getting uh, quite hard to drive the nails into the hundred-year-old walls, so... We enter a large high-ceilinged room, a familiar high stage at one end, work in progress, more rooms off, it's a cavernous and impressive space. Oliver Connor has lived in Dangand all his long life and remembers the building well. This was the only hall around. There was no halls in Tullamore. This was the only dance hall there was around. So it must have been fairly throbbing with life and music I, I then. It truly was. Myself and my mayor would come here and we'd go in the pub and have a couple of wines and come back in. And I asked this 
lady to dance and took her out, she got out and of course the first few steps around was grand and then possibly I walked in her feet or fell up against her. <laughs> and to make the conversation I said, can I have the last dance with you? She said, oh you're having it and walked away. <laughs> Actually I met my late wife out there. She obviously chanced the second round oh, of dancing with did. you. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't mind me walking on her toes. <laughs> Julie McGlynn, involved in the town's entertainment business since the 60s, has a special memory of Dangan Town Hall. I met my husband 51 years ago in the supper room in Dangan Town Hall. And we're 51 years married in July. We were involved in the music and he brought me up to the supper room and bought me a club orange and a ham sandwich. And that was a very good sign that he liked you if he was prepared to hand out enough money. Love stories begin. <laughs> yeah. Lives. Yeah. 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 I'm Brendan Darcy, I'm the chairman of the Hall Committee. Brendan, you own uh, the Blackthorn pub across the way yeah. and you've been looking over at this building for I've been a long time. 22 years I've been looking at these doors closed, a lot at a time, and I said it's such a shame. Such a fine building, we have a lovely square, um, we feel everybody's behind us, Offaly County Council, our local wind farm, most importantly our community. All the community came together uh, and it was over... 37 people painting, uh, they, that, uh, yeah, it was a great atmosphere in the, in the town and set the project, I suppose, off in the, the right start, the right, right attitude. Yeah. So kind of volunteer painting brigade? Following the whole football team. Part of our plan here, our five-year plan, is some office pods. So like there's people that are, are commuting to Dublin or wherever, we might get, keep them stay in Dangan and maybe get some, we're thinking of some charging cords for the electric cars in the future and stuff. So we're trying to think of a future plan here mm. for Dangan. Yeah, so look at the future. Yeah, digital hub. If we can walk even into the judges' chamber, into the courthouse here, this is a, an absolutely gorgeous building here. Um, 20 metre high ceilings here. Uh, up until, I think it's 1997, there was court held here. That's a beautiful, beautiful room. It's gorgeous. Extraordinary. Yeah. 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 It was actually designed in the model of one of James Gandon's his courthouse down in Waterford. And of course, at the time, Dangan was Phillipstown. Phillipstown, which, which was the capital of Offaly. Yeah. Like, this is why this courthouse was built, but it said it was deemed it was just too north of the county, so it was transferred to Tullamore, so we lost our capital status at that stage then. Also, Dangan would have been a bog town. I suppose 80% employment would be through Borden and Mona. There was a power station, there's a briquette factory. That's all gone now. It's really a commuting town. So we have to work other ways of regenerating the interest of the community back in here again. There's a lot of people moved into Dangan over the last 15, 20 years. So it'd be nice to get everyone involved. It must be so lovely to see lights on here again oh. and the mm, door open and people come in and out. The smell of fresh paint and yeah. the smell of raw timber being cut and every building complements the next building. If we can take down the, the bad ones and put up the good ones and, and keep the, the, the old ones alive. And would, would any of you have remembered uh, the courts running here? Actually, I ended up out there one time. Uh, I was only a young fella, but when I came out with the dance, my bike was gone. My bike was stolen, gone. So I had to start walking home. And I was walking home. It could be three o'clock in the morning. I saw the lights of this car coming. It was the sergeant. But he said to me, what are you doing out this hour of the morning? I told him, he said, you know you're walking on the wrong side of the road. And I said, no. Well, he said, yeah. Well, I said, if I walked the other side, would I get home any quicker? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, actually, I was brought to court here, and even the judge himself laughed. <laughs> and it was fine ten shillings for giving them whatever he for called it. Yeah, yeah, whatever he called Good story, though. That was your day in court. <laughs> <laughs> that was my day. 
travelling in, in South Offaly, in this beautiful pastoral landscape, rolling green fields, glimpses of the Schlieve blooms, dandelion, the splendour of, of Blackthorn. And Kinnity, very interesting town. The name derives from Kion Aethig, or the, the head of Aethi, who was supposedly an ancient Irish princess who somehow lost her head and the head, it is said, is buried under what is now the town of Kinnity. And that town also holds a fragment of much more recent Irish history relating to land rights and power, uh, which it will be very interesting to remember in its own place. It's hard to imagine standing here in Kennedy today that the place less than a century ago was packed full of protesters. Thousands of people assembling from several counties around to resist the eviction of a local family, the Craven family, from a gate lodge on a local big estate. And it, it all goes back to a morning in July 1932 when a bailiff came to serve notice on the Craven family in that gatehouse. Fascinating detail in all this. The Land Commission had bought the estate. They sold it to a man who had been an officer in the Irish Free State Army and he promptly served an eviction notice on the Craven family. The local IRA occupied the house, resisted the eviction. They lobbied the government. Pledges were made and broken. The Cravens were evicted and sent to the poorhouse. Thousands assembled here in Kennedy to oppose the eviction. And it's a fascinating story of all those conflicts in the new early days of the new Irish state around land ownership, land rights, landlords' rights and power. The Cravens didn't win their house back, but a new wooden house was built nearby. And all these decades later, isn't it very interesting to contemplate the unchanging nature of history, those continuing conflicts over landlords' rights, tenants' rights, evictions. I suppose the same passion goes into those very same themes that brought them all here in 1932. Evoy's coffee shop in Kinnity trades in excellent sandwiches. And if you listen out, the customers might just give you the inside track. So I'm five and my name's Lawa. What I think you should go is the pyramid. It's just up the road from here. And a pyramid is like something that came from Egypt. The Egyptians made it. It's like a triangle thing. It's the only pyramid outside Egypt. There, I think they're where people get buried. I don't really know. And taking a cue from a local guide, here we are at the back of the Church of Ireland in Kinnity, built, it's believed, on the site of St. Finan's Monastery, looking at an exact replica of one of the pyramids of Egypt. And it was built by uh, Colonel Bernard of Kennedy Castle on his return from Egypt in the early 1830s. Mausoleum burial spot for the members of his family. And I suppose again, another reminder of land and power in this place. And according to our local guide, it's the only pyramid outside of Egypt. Imagine the elegant town square of Burr in the late 19th century and one of the world's most celebrated sopranos at the window of Dooley's Hotel singing 
to a rapt audience. She was Nellie Melba, and the connection is marked today by the name of the hotel's Melbourne nightclub. The Melba memory is just part of a bigger story of classical music and choral performance in the area, evident in the annual Burr Festival of Music. This year's festival, directed by Maureen Deforge, includes a performance by Burr Young Voices, Exploring the Planets and Stars, is a nod to the famous telescope at Burr Castle and the Science Centre there. And the moon is about... Um, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Burr native Sophie Ward and her French husband Gregory lead the Burr School of Music and are guiding the young voices. Almost all the children I met in my life like to sing. Um, but I'm still um, learning how to understand the Irish children. I, I feel they have a different connection with the music. You know, the French can be a bit intellectual sometimes. <laughs> and the Irish, I feel, have this connection, direct connection to the music, more natural. So they get into it more naturally, I think, I, th- I feel. Part of our Irish culture means that a lot of children grow up in musical families just where there's mum or dad who are singing or there's always somebody, an uncle or an aunt, who's playing an instrument. So we haven't lost that connection. And you ask anybody in the street to sing a song, they can sing a song. And that's something that you really see with children. They will sing very easily and, more often than not, fairly in tune. They done these um, earlier on. So they just made paintings related to space. And In Burr Theatre and Arts Centre, visual artist Emma Behan is ranging sheets of painted artworks drawn by members of the Young Choir. And they wrote out some of their lyrics or some of the lines from the poems and decorated them then with imagery. We're going to hang up all the work. We're, well, we're making paper mache moons for art. We're using glue to put on the newspaper and we're sticking it to the balloon to look like it's the moon. Well, in school, I just, three of my friends, just, we like music, so we just call it a band. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you're entitled to call it a band if there are three of you together liking music. We get fun with our friends while singing, so with our friends, it's funner. And would you like to do anything with music when you grow up? No. No. <laughs> There's a bit of a mystery uh, here at the heart of, of Burr, Emmet Square. Beautiful plinth, tall granite column, but there's nothing on top. And it's very obviously void. There's a figure missing. You think, who should be here? Who was there was the Duke of Cumberland, put up in 1746, the same year he won victory at the Battle of Culloden and the people of Parsonstown obviously felt at the time that they should honour him. But he was taken down in 1903, the centenary of the execution of Robert Emmett and a plaque erected to honour Emmett and the square renamed Emmett Square. History turns, but the plinth is still empty. At the other end of the town, Burr Castle defines much of the shape and story of what was Parsonstown. Grania, Vincent. Vincent. Lovely to meet you. Likewise. Yeah. I'd say it's 15 years since I was last here. Wow. My late mother-in-law was from Burr, and there's a wonderful story about she met she met Prince Charles in Dublin, and they were talking about Burr Castle. And he said, of course, we have, you know, we have family connections to Burr Castle. And she said, oh, she said, of course, you know that that was ours 
before you took it. <laughs> she was an old Carol of Eli. <laughs> you know, Carol's like, yes. drop the O to become exactly. the Carol. Carol's, yeah, and she laid claim to Castle. Very good. Well, yeah. I'm Gronya O'Malley. I'm the general manager here at Castle Domain, and I laid claim to it too. I say to Lord Ross, I've come to conquer my Absolutely. castle. Absolutely, yeah. In the Midlands. Yeah, yeah reconquer yeah. it. So, <laughs> will we, we go for a walk? Castle stands close to the site of the famous Black Castle of the original landowners, the O'Carrolls of Ely. And the current owner, Brendan Parsons, the seventh Earl of Ross, is proud to say that there's an O'Carroll descendant on the board of management of the domain and gardens. Those gardens with the famous Leviathan Telescope, Science Museum and Café are a not-so-small slice of cultivated natural wonders. I suppose if anyone hasn't been to Burke Castle, it's most famously known for the great telescope that was built by the third Earl way back in 1845. And that was, was the Leviathan, wasn't it? The Leviathan of Burr. So he was the first man to see the furthest into space, which was a huge revelation at that time. And it was the most powerful telescope in the world at the time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, for over idea. 70 yes. years. And to think it was created and built before we ever had electricity. And of course... The Again, we remember a figure like Mary Ward, um, cousin, I think, of um, of the Earls of Ross, who did all that wonderful work on, on botany and yes. and her use of microscopes. That beautiful little book that she that she created in, I think, the 1860s. Yeah, called about microscopy. She was an incredible scientist. Uh, how she really researched into the formation of the, the wings on insects and things like that it was just incredible. She was unfortunately the first fatality in a car accident worldwide, which happened here on the mall. So one of the persons had built a car or an automobile very early days. It was about 60 years ahead, I think, of Ford. And unfortunately, she fell out of the car and died. Yeah, she was so ahead of her time. Yeah, absolutely. The women here on site, I think, were as powerful as the men. Um, It really was a case of the powerful women behind their men or with their men. Because I know the third countess was very much behind and helpful with her husband in building and succeeding to build the Great Telescope. So we're going to head over towards the suspension bridge. It was built back about 1820 and it's believed to be one of the finest examples of a suspension bridge in Europe. Gronja, how, how would you assess, we'd say, the relationship now between Bury Castle and Domain Gardens and, the, and indeed the, the Science Centre and, you know, and the town, you know, Bury Town and, and, and the county? We feel a responsibility to keep going, to keep working together within the community in order to help create jobs, to create energy around the town, to bring tourists. Burr is a stunning town. It's a Georgian town. Um, The design of the town again comes back to the Parsons family. Um, All the educational facilities, like all the schools, national schools, secondary schools, have free access to come in and explore the gardens during their academic year so they get very involved in some of our science projects and our educational activities on site and I suppose in the town we're in the town we're not on the outskirts of the town or down the road we're actually in the middle of the community so we're now here by the blue cedar one of 65 trees of distinction we have in our tree trail and one of Lord Ross's favorite spots and I can see why so we're looking down over the river Camcor, the suspension bridge you know just a little change of temperature, light and colour and it could be a Cezanne painting. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at an incredible site here. There's 120 acres, it's full of wildlife, dippers, kingfishers, uh, little crunning in the river. So the site is a very happy, healthy ecosystem. And in the last couple of years, just during COVID, we opened a forest bathing site and it's just a little area and it introduces people how to sit back and relax and reconnect with nature. So it's the idea of a bit of wild swimming in there. Well, forest bathing, you keep your clothes on, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the water flowing, you can hear the birds singing and the light trickles into the trees. And, you know, it looks like it's designed for forest bathing. This is sitting and 
and drinking in the forest and the light and the, the place and the serenity. Yeah, formerly known as the practice of Shinrin-yoko. This is where the two rivers meet. This is where the Kamkor and the little Brosnet meet. And it's, sometimes it looks like a little trickly, beautiful river that you could walk across. But today it's quite That's a pretty deep. swift current there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're looking at the Brick Bridge or the Ivy Bridge. And actually we're standing really midway on the boundary between Offaly and Tipperary here. You could say you couldn't argue which side of or which county we're standing in right now. Ah, we're definitely in Offaly. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which council we're talking to. <laughs> indeed, Many people will remember Marina Carr's marvellous play by the Bog of Cats. And reading the script was the first time I came across the equally marvellous Offaly place names of Puller and Muckla. Driving the play's designer Monica Frawley around on a research trip was also my first time to visit Puller, where a very welcome cup of tea was had in the cleverly named local pub, the Bull Inn on the banks of the Grand Canal. So you were actually yeah. here in the pull-in yes, in 1998. 25 years later, I'm back for more tea. Yeah. Uh, I'm good with tea, Josie. Well, I tell you, it's good, strong stuff. Mm. <laughs> Joe Gallagher and his wife Josie have run the pull-in since 1971, and I joined them there with local retired teacher Eileen Devery. 1971, when I bought the place, I remember about the second night on there, I had the place clear, two or three in the morning after opening, you know, and it was a beautiful night, and I went out and I stood on the banks, Grand Canal, and all I could hear was tractors all over the place, and you could see the dust up in the air, you know, from... from, And I said, there must be massive work going on around here, you know. Then you had the power station up the road, good buddies in Clara. Mm. That time, a 52-seater bus would arrive out here, take nearly all the women to Clara to work. The fathers were in Bournemouth and the power station. And Josie, you then would have seen a lot of changes over the decades. We have seen an awful lot of changes down to the years. Bournemouth is gone, the ESB is gone, Durnlock is gone, mm. Shannon Bridge is gone. Right. Yeah, mm. all the big checks are gone. Mm. They were brilliant them times, the Bornemona checks and the USB checks. Mm. I think it's only in the last, well, since I joined Tidy Towns, they've begun to embrace the canal, you know, the, the wonderful amenity that it is. Yeah. And then, of course, now that the boglands are being re-wetted, you know, there are opportunities there too for ecotourism. Ah, oh, beautiful bar. I'm sorry we had the fire on. You don't need it. See, it's warm oh, enough, it's warm. No, no, it's no, not at all, you don't it's, need it, it's uh, lovely. Well, that was the old pub before I came to it. And then the man in the corner with the pint to his lips was old Jim Carroll. That's Patsy Malai. With the pint in his with hand. With the pint in his hand. Well, Patsy had a little lorry, seemingly, when nobody had one. As the song describes, he delivered turf all over the county. The turf man from Tyrone. He became yes, known yeah. as the turf man. He sold turf all over the county. Ah, he was some character. I am one Pat Malloy, sure in Tyrone I do dwell. I am a jolly turf man, the truth to you I tell. I labour hard the whole day long from dawn till early morn to keep the whole fires burning all over Clashawan. The turf is of the finest type, it's good in early spring. I guarantee what you get from me will make the kettle sing. <laughs> when your fire is burning bright, you'll pray for Pat Malloy. So clearly a great sense of, of community and community pride in Pulla. Well, the community shop has been a wonderful success. It's opened in, t- in June 2017, and the shop had been closed, I suppose, a couple of years at that stage, yeah. I think, yes. And then a, a local man called Martin Buckley 
one night he was coming home and he had he wanted to watch a match or something and then he realised he had no milk and he was annoyed and then he had to go all the way back to Ballycumber to get milk. So he thought, you know, there's the shop, it's it's empty. Wouldn't it be great to, to reopen it? So they went in and they cleaned it up and they got some grants from Offaly Local Development and there was a lot of fundraising done as well. And then a group of very good young parents started a youth space there, computer classes. We have the and men's shop. Uh, the oh, men's the men's shed, shed next shed, door to it. The men's shed yes, there. And yes, that's, that's yes, going very well. They're, they're, yeah. they're fantastic, the mm, things they make That all kind of came from that. It too. all stemmed from that yes, in the yeah. one area. And that's a great little area. Mm. So uh, we're going to the Pulla community shop. I suppose in a way, Eileen, as well, This is the, the shop is a marker of the community today and, and what has been restored. Yes, and it's an indication of the resilience of the community because the last shop had closed, you know, due to rural decline. The post office was closed in, in 2018 as well. We knew that was going to happen and the pub was only open at weekends, I think. So it's a community hub. Mm. It's a place to meet your neighbours and say hello. And so from that point of view, it's, it's really good. Hello, how are you doing? I'll take the Tullamore Tribune. I like yeah. the Tullamore Tribune. A lot of news. Yeah, a lot of news, is right. What's your busiest day? Wednesday, I think, would be, would be the busiest day, yes. And 16 to you. What day does the Tullamore Tribune Wednesday. come out? Wednesday. I was thinking <laughs> that's probably the cause. It could, it could be. <laughs> you can't right. beat a bit of yeah. good local news. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. that's great. See you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Martina. By Clara Bog, two men are walking with a small dog. They're deep in conversation. We nod and say hello and I get talking to them. Great to meet you here on Rand. this path. And, and this is Vincent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Shawnee and Brendan, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is the island in Rahan, you know, yeah. so we're, we're living in Clara, but just we're three miles away. And it's a privilege to spend time with brothers Sean and Brendan Monaghan, and they remember and honour the past and look to the future. Years ago when we were young, we lived in Derricoli, right? And it was always, it was a rambling house. When awfully, I was at the match and I told the one dollar and then our house was packed at home. Lads came in from the bog and board in the morning, yeah. into the kitchen. It was a Sunday, the same yeah. there. I came in. I think there was a... Just look at the match in the heli. It's just a... I think it's funny, isn't it, when you think about it, like, you know. I think there was a light or something broke as well at the time when Seamus Darby scored the goal. Someone jumped up and <laughs> my mother went mad. She wasn't into the football at all. <laughs> Things like that, the memories of our... We were so happy. Brendan was great at cutting the turf. Brendan would be cutting and be fan and I'd be wheeling now. And we'd, it'd be, the days seemed to be forever. It seemed to be real long, you know. And then we'd have a, an old kittle. And I remember well, and we'd be saying, when's he going to pound the kittle? We'd have a few sticks to light the fire. Just trying to just like go back 100 years. <laughs> but no, this is... <laughs> you'd, you'd have a few sandwiches. No, but there were great memories as well. Yeah. And then we had an old ass and carrot at the time. And Simple and times, yeah. but that's just the way it was that time, you know. There's, there was, it wasn't much. We had an old radio on the bog. We used to call square over the bog just to put the radio into yeah. it. The machines at night time, and you'd mm. see a light hover in the bog. And my mother, they'd, they'd hear the noise in the morning. They were great company. 
changed, all changed yeah. now. It's just, it's just, I suppose it's just got back into what it was before it started, you know what yeah. I mean? I it's a well known uh, ball all over, isn't it? You know, it's, a, it's a beautiful spot. Isn't it? Oh. It is beautiful. You know, in a way, it's great that this yeah. happened because, yeah. uh, of course, there was the employment, but yeah. longer term, yeah. there's, yeah. there's, so yeah. nature, there's yeah, everything that ah, comes back. What is it that bog? Because like what's yeah. done to other bogs? I mean, birds and everything left is and all that left. Where now it's that is it's it's just a high virgin bog and it's not been touched. So it's it's that's the difference of it. People come people come from all over to look at it, like you know. There's nothing like the bog to come out and listen to birds whistling and oh, the quietness of it. And it's so beautiful. Like we love it. Like you know. All the changes then that you've seen and even the preservation here of Clara Bog and the scheme to re-wet and everything that's happening around Bora. Yeah. You know, it's the end of Bord Namona. It's the end of employment in that employment and yeah. way of life but you know do you have any any problems with any of that things that you well, worry about in relation to it well look at I, I, I suppose people when you're living in like a place like Puller or maybe Farahan or in places they are, they are probably worried about the re-wetting because it probably them bugs were all drained years ago and them places used to flood yeah. years ago when born water came along they drained all that so I suppose people will have a problem with that and going back to that they don't really know what's going to happen now the bug holds all water and it's known to hold, that's what it is, it's a sponge, but a lot of that bog, is, that, that bog would be high like the tar one time, so it's cut yeah. down to a certain distance, and it'll probably, it, it can cause floods, like, you know, and hopefully it doesn't, but all these turbines, they don't do the same as, no. you know. Now, look at, I think they want him out the road, when you're going back up the banner, you'll see it on the right-hand side, back of two miles there, isn't it? Yeah, there's two turbines. They're, they're, the Monaghan and, and Plumach Nice, it's a kind of link together. The Monaghan was of St. Monaghan, and that's, a parish of Pulla and Ballycumber and Doan. It linked to Clumbagnais and across the bogs. There was actually a chalice found in the bog. It's actually up in the museums. There's, there's a ruins of, of St. Monin's church there. So they wanted to preserve that. They don't want the concrete coming in. Like, I think it's a hundred load of concrete to a turbine. And then there's steel and all that goes with it. Look, and I know it's progress, but if that goes into yeah, the bog, that's right. it's in forever. Like, I think the, the, the lifespan of them is 25 years. So... In 25 years' time, that's never going to be taken out of the bog. So that's a worry, and it's a worry to them people, and I feel sorry for them for that, you know. Like, it's not it's not going to be good. But, but change, look, people know, don't want change. It's hard no, when, I, I, when you're changing, yeah. isn't it? I know there has to be change. But what I do you, love, you want the right change. Yeah, yeah you want the right, you know. What I do love at the moment is, I love the greenways. The greenways are a great yeah, thing well, now. Yeah, it's yeah. almost finishing. It's like a land up to Shannon Harbour, like, which is lovely, and you should go yeah. through Pulla. In our lifetime, you know, we never yeah. thought walking the bogs or cutting yeah. turf, that we'd have greenways around. I mean, if I was alive now and you said a greenway, I hear, yeah. what's a greenway? You don't need greenways. You know the crack now? Growing up, we didn't realise it's what we had here. Yeah. If you turn here, that's the quickest way. Take the okay. right and then the left and you're straight into the time. Where are the ones Ah, yeah. we'll find a spot. But they're not great drivers when they're like us. You're great. Don't lose that God bless you. Yeah. Bye. My name is Ian Malini, and I'm a writer from County Offaly. I've written this piece about a kind of awkward field, about two and a half acres in size, that my father owns. I had been eyeing up the field for quite some time. I was getting to a certain age, and things weren't going all that well. The threads holding one piece of reality to another were starting to come undone. Just as it was all supposed to be coming together, life as I knew it was falling apart. In my quiet disarray, the field started to look like something more than a field. It could be a haven, I thought. It could be a new beginning. It started to look like a future. In the grand old tradition of farmers' sons, I thought to myself, well, that'd make a great site for a house. My father likes to say that he has both the highest and the lowest pieces of land in our area, a few miles from the small town of Forban. It's probably not true in the strict sense, but whatever, it's close enough. The low parts are by the bog, or I suppose you could say in the bog. They butt up against each other, the lines soggy and blurred. The field, my field, is the highest piece of our land. There's a gate on the roadside of it, and a long sloping hill up to a sort of plateau at the far end. In between, there's a large hollow 
A dip in the land my father has filled with giant rocks taken from an excavation elsewhere on the farm. The plateau was my point of interest. That little patch gets sun all day long. It's somewhat hidden from the road, but the views are about as good as it gets in such a flat part of the country. In the summer I was spending more time with my parents there, eager to get out of Dublin where I'd been living for many years. I started to stalk the field with a camera and a measuring tape. I noted down the orientation and the angle of the sun at particular times of day and year. I scoured planning documents from the county council and collected images of other homes for inspiration. I learned about U-values and roof pitches and watched countless YouTube videos about construction methods. I started to believe I knew something about building houses. I made sketches. I made 3D models. I felt mutely frantic inside, but this kind of architectural dreaming was calming, purposeful, focused. It had just the right balance of abstract vision and meaningless detail. Snowed under by something akin to grief, my imagination began to thaw and take root in the field. My life felt chaotic and sad, so I sought comfort in the idea of return. I wanted to renew and reshape the familiar, the familial. Nothing else seemed worthwhile or attainable. I sat on my couch in Dublin and drew out the possibilities, one by one. Each time I thought, maybe this is the solution. Maybe this will save us. Maybe this is the way forward. I knew it even then. None of them were. Heading to Banagher on the Shannon and, you know, I always think of the great Victorian novelist Anthony Trollope and his connection to the town where he was appointed postmaster in 1841. And this was a little known detail of his connection with the town is that early on there he employed a groom, a local man called Barney McIntyre, who stayed with him for over 30 years, you know, moved with Trollope and his wife to Clonmel and Mallow and then back to London and his job, Barney McIntyre's job was to wake Trollope very early every morning so that he could write for three hours before he began his official work Trollope said he owed more to McIntyre than to anybody else for success, it's a, it's a wonderful detail, but it's not for Barney McIntyre or Anthony Trollope that we're going to visit Banner today From Clara Bog across country to Banagher, and what visit there would be complete without a stop at J.J. Hawk's famous singing pub. It's a bit too early in the day for the rows of piano that has marked the distinctive sessions of music there over decades, but Michael Hawk and his son Ger would have a ready welcome at almost any hour. Here's Michael now. Uh, how are you? Hello there. How are you doing? Vincent. He was here about I ten years ago. About ten years, about ten years ago, yeah. And I, oh, I was in Tanger. I had a great night here about ten years ago. Yeah, were you on the river? I was. Yeah. It's such a beautiful pub. I suppose the atmosphere was the thing, wasn't it? You know that you go into places and the the snow kind of you straight away you don't get a feel. Has the place always been in your family, Michael? Oh no, 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 no. My father bought it in 1949. There just it was drapery over there. You know, it was basic stuff: top boots, Wellingtons. He brought the piano down out of the parlour, we said. The parlour was up there. But, Jared, tell me about get it taken over here and uh, yeah, I suppose I, the challenges of it too, yeah, as well, well as the joys. When I took over, I think it was 2018, when you grew up in your own business, like other guys I grew up with, they'd be sitting in the sitting room, they'd be all watching telly. We never had that because you always had to be out in the bar. <laughs> it was busy and you had to be collecting glasses or serving. And serving you your could, time. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. could never switch off. Like even in my time going back, you got up in the morning, you came down, you opened that door. It could be 11 o'clock and there'd be a few stragglers in. I never had a holiday. I suppose it was like farming maybe. 
That's right. You, you can't. Know. You can't leave the farm. And you can't no, shut you the can't bar to go yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're off and you hear the door banging or something. For me, the pub is beautiful because it's real. And you know, you have the art on the wall. You have the red and green paint. You have old postcards, paintings, the images, lovely old clock. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I remember the um, pub spies came and they said it was like entering a mine shaft. I guess it, it grew organically. Walls just were knocked. There was no architectural planning. So it's all nooks and crannies. The walls are festooned with artwork. My mother is a painter, so she would have painted all local characters. Some of them are dead and gone. An architect told me this it could have been a monastery. He was looking at the architecture. Well, so I, it was a mass pat down out the back. Well, when we walked in, I remember coming in the back door when my father had bought it. In the back door, going in behind the counter, the first thing that I found, a Bible. A Bible behind the bar. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd never stools, get bored. I, I got them from Lily's Bordello when I closed down. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> if stools could talk. <laughs> That beats Banagher was an old refrain that you don't hear so much anymore. And Banagher beats the devil. A lively night in a hostelry like Hawks would be hard to beat for sure. But I carry away a treasured memory of a quieter evening in a different public house. And how well that term fits Nolan's on Connock Street in Burr. People gathered in a spirit of openness, the best of conversation... The time spent with Pat Higgins, Noel and Maura stays with me. Grace, ease and good humour. And that's awfully for you. A sacred landscape. Unforgettable encounters and conversation. The first swallow of summer on the edge of ancient bog. Mm-hmm.